Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness. Again, this is your host, Lauren, and you are listening to episode 156, Human Design with Victoria Jane. While I was manifesting and living my dream life, I know that it includes mind, body, and soul health, which means ditching the toxic people, the toxic work environment, and the products that are wrecking havoc on you and your goals. One simple change I did years ago was to switch my cleaning and laundry skincare routine from some crap to something more powerful, potent, and pure. So if you are interested in learning more about that and how essential oils can help you ditch all the toxic crap, mind, body, and soul, and yes, it does help promote better feeling emotions and lessen that anxiety, join me and my team every Monday on Zoom at either 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Easterns for our intro to essential oils class. A different teacher will be guiding you each week, and it's great for beginners or even a good refresh on the top 10 essential oils you can use to revamp and cleanse your life. RSVP in the show notes in that link to save your spot. And make sure you say Lauren Talentani sent you. While spots are unlimited, make sure to book and reserve your spot today. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 156, Human Design with Victoria Jane. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your emotions and your body is not in the way, but they're actually leading the way. And today we have the amazing Victoria Jane here to talk all about human design. She is a human design coach whose mission is to guide growth-oriented humans to live with less hustle, and more flow. After a decade in Silicon Valley, achieving everything she thought she was supposed to, Victoria was earthquaked into the harsh reality. She was in burnout and in danger of doing irreparable damage to her health. As she searched for how to heal not only her body, but her spirit, she discovered her design. Today, she's passionate passionate about sharing human design so you can confidently live your truth. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the show, Victoria. I'm so excited to dive into this. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here and to chat. I love human design. So it's always a pleasure. Yeah. And I told you off air, I was so surprised. We've been on air for almost four years. I'm like, how have we not had somebody on for human design yet? But I guess we were waiting for you. So it's all <laughs> divine timing. So thank you for being our intro here on Witchy Wellness Radio to human design. Um, but we always start every show, and I'd love to hear that transition of that Silicon Valley era mindset and who you were then and how you transformed into running this beautiful business that helps other people find their own power. Mm, yeah, it's such a, I, I really am enjoying being asked this question and also want to acknowledge that it's still like in transition, right? So I'm, I know I'm the first guest to talk about human design on your podcast, but I'm guessing that many people have already heard the term and maybe know a little bit about their design. And 
you know, because I see the world through the language of human design now, because it's been so transformative, it feels, I feel like I want to mention that I'm a 6'2 profile. And so the first part of my life living in this kind of trial and error, like I got to test things out. Do I really want to do this? Maybe not. Maybe I want to do something else. And that phase like included my time in tech and in Silicon Valley. And I look back now and it wasn't that long ago that I left. I mean, I, I officially left January of 2020. So it wasn't that long ago, but I look back and I'm like, I feel like a totally different person, you know, like trying to relate or like put myself back in that former mindset. Like, I mean, I remember it, of course, like I was there for my life, but I, it's, it's almost hard to put, I mean, it is hard to put into words just how much has fallen off in terms of like my programming and my patterns and my conditioning. And, and of course there's still like so much there, right? Like just yesterday I was like, Oh, I'm still really controlling about this thing, but it is, it's been a wild journey. So I don't know if I directly answered your question, but that's how it feels right now. And and to go back to the sixth line piece, you know, so to explain a bit more, like we all have these numbers in our design that are different archetypes we embody. And as a sixth line, the first part of our life we're experimenting. And then we get to what's called climb up on the roof and like get a reprieve. And I'm very much like fully, I fully have arrived on the roof and I'm really enjoying that. Uh, and, and it's like a totally different version of me. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that's totally what I was asking. Cause I love hearing, I mean, it's never an end point. We're never like completely actualized or enlightened or healed. There's always a layer that we're peeling back or rediscovering or learning. So I love that you said that because it's a process. It's a process mm-hmm. to let everything come to the surface, love it and, and grow from it. Um, but I would love since I know people probably have heard of human design. I've heard of human design. I'm always interested in it, but could you give us like a brief rundown, like what it is? And I know we pulled up my chart here and I'm like selfishly like, oh, I want to learn what all these things are. So I can read my chart. Could you give us a little intro to kind of what human design is and go from there? Yeah. Yeah. So I think of human design as a system that describes how our unique energy works. And that can be at a very high level, like type, you know, there's five different types in human design, but it goes all the way down to individual specific gifts that we have. And so there's something like 2 billion different combinations of designs. So like when I say it describes how our energy works, I mean it in a very general way and a very specific way. And once we know that human design gives guidance on how to navigate our lives with more ease, less resistance and pushing. And that's what got me so on board initially too, because I was burnt out and pushing so hard and it seemed like everybody else was doing great. But, and I was kind of, I was keeping up, right. But in on the inside, I was like so exhausted and at a more you know, like descriptive level human design uses. So it's kind of like what it gets you and why, um, in terms of like, okay, what does it actually look like? Or what are we talking about? We take your birth date, time information and location, and you'll get a chart. And there's like a a picture of a little human with some shapes and lines and colors. So that's what you get. And it pulls from four different systems. So the chakra system, the I Ching, the Kabbalah and astrology, and it like fuses it all together. So that's the other way of explaining what human design is. But I feel like I need to talk about both because sometimes if you only mention one or the other, it's like, what are we really talking about here? Oh yeah. And I love how it combines all those systems because I'm totally into a lot of those things. Um, And what I love when I'm interested in learning something new is how to heal 
the trauma, you know, some people might say karma or the, the block chakras, people will say, how can we utilize this system just from the knowing of what our chart says to not only, you said, find our gifts, but also help help clear and heal trauma? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's like layers to it, right? Because there's a lot of different places. I think that before even answering directly, I'll say that knowing your design can be a great roadmap to seeing what your gifts are, as well as where you might have picked up what human design calls conditioning, but really like where we might have habitual grooves and, and, you know, pain points or, or places that we made of, we might have tendencies to, to feel unworthy or small. So I'll, there's just that. Um, now, where can we find it? There's the, at the level of your type. So there's five different types and each, each one has its own purpose. So you're a generator. You have this consistent life force energy also like, and I'll jump around because I have your chart in front of me. So there's like all this detail. And before we hit record, we were talking about how there's like a few different people that have popped into my life. Some of whom I've gotten quite close to that have the same birthday as you. And so they have the same, they have a lot of similarities. And so for you specifically, not all generators, but you in particular have the capacity to really be in tune with your own authenticity and like what you love and what you love about life. And it's like not typically thought of as like a hard skill. So I don't know if you have articulated this to yourself, but I find people who have this vessel of love incarnation cross, it comes so naturally to you to like appreciate, oh my gosh, we're going down, like we're driving down the road and the fall colors are so beautiful. And can we just like appreciate it for a second? Um, or, you know, if you reply to someone's text message, like I find in my experience, it's so easy for you to just share what's really on your heart and not, and, and in a way where other people might hold back and you're just like, no, I just, I just want to be real and like shine my light. And it feels so good to be around people like you. So, um, that's not all generators necessarily, but that also flavors this quality of, of life force energy that you share. And so you can see how much I like this and I'll just go off and I'm like, wait, what was I talking about? So to go back to the trauma piece, you can look at purpose and then you can look at also, well, where typically do generators get kind of held back? Right. And if your strength is, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm naturally like exuding and radiating the love that I have for things. And if that's what I'm here to offer, but I've been told like I need to work really hard and slave away and like do things I don't want to. I mean, that's a form of trauma, right? You're you're essentially repressing who you really are. Um, so there's that at the like type level. But then another way to look at it too is wherever you're colored in white in your chart is where you're open to taking in energy from the world around you. So most people have a combination of colored in centers and undefined centers, which are what the white centers are called. It's not uh, sometimes people think that it's like open and closed. That's not, it's like op open slash undefined or defined for the colored centers. I like to be precise about language. So in these centers where you're colored in, you're consistently sharing that energy. So for example, like with all the, all the love that you have for life, like that's always there. That's always a part of who you are and what you're, and you also know that about yourself, right? Like, you know, these things that I enjoy make me who I am. Now where you're white, so for example, the way in which you express yourself, like your throat center is totally open, can change based on different situations. You might actually feel pressure to speak in certain situations if everybody else is like holding their voice back. You're so tuned in to like what needs to be said, not just by people, but maybe in the environment that sometimes open throats are like, 
I just blurted something out and I didn't even know I was going to say it, <laughs> but I see you laughing. So it looks like that resonates. Um, and sometimes not always, right. It's not like this, that, like you have this in your design and it means that it has to express in a certain way. But a lot of times when we're undefined, because we're more sensitive to the energy around us, this can also be where we pick up not necessarily always a trauma, but like a, oh, I need to show up this way, right? I, I'm stressing out about what I'm going to say because sometimes something just comes out of my mouth and it seems like everybody else is like so sure about what they're saying. So those are some examples. Awesome. Yeah, I'm over here muted, but I'm laughing like, yep, 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 that, that's, <laughs> that's me. That's me for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, another really common one is in what's called the ego or the heart center. I mean, ego is not a bad thing in human design. It's actually not in kind of the general spiritual way that we think of like, oh, ego is bad and we need to get rid of it. Um, if you have a defined ego in human design, it's actually great. And you are consistently meant to exert your willpower. However, for most of us, about 70% of the population, and you have an open ego, I do too. So we fall on that 70%. We don't have consistent access to willpower. Sometimes we might be like, yeah, totally, I'm going to do it. And other times it's like, ugh, right? And that's not a bad thing, although, you know, societally it might seem, in quotes, bad. But there can often be a sense of, well, since I don't have, I don't always have the will to back up what I want to do, am I ever going to be able to do what I want to? And there can be a sense of, uh, like, I, I have to prove myself, right? When, when that's actually not the case. And so but there can be a lot of wounding there. So that's like another really common one for people with open egos feeling like, oh, I have to prove myself. I have to show that I'm worthy some way, worthy some way when actually our worth is not dependent on us committing to and following through on things. Our worth and our value is beyond that. So it's just a different journey depending on your design, what you're here to learn. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I want to learn more. So how can we, I mean, obviously beautifully said with the gifts, but also uncovering that conditioning or the possible trauma through your chart. Um, how can we use human design to help improve other areas of life, like health, relationships, business, or just like you've, you've alluded to it, but just like a blueprint for your life, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the short answer is like, it, it can help with all those things. Um, with health, I think there's two two kind of high level dimensions. One is your energy, right? So if you're a manifester, projector, reflector, the thing that we all have in common is we actually don't have this life force energy that generators and manifesting generators do. But since most of the world, about 70%, again, is a generator and MG, a lot of us feel like, how come our energy isn't as consistent as everyone else's? Like, you know, I remember being in like, preschool and the teacher being like, Hey, we're all working on this art project. Like raise your hand. If we should like keep working on this or do we need to take a break? You know, the teacher's like figuring out the timing of the day. And of course, because there's more sacral kids in the class, everyone's like, yeah, let's keep going. And in the back of my projector head, it's like, I'm tired. Like, can we actually, can we actually take a break? Um, so it's like little things like that. Right. I mean, like little to big, but that's a small example. So knowing what your energy type is and how your energy works. And if you're how consistent or inconsistent you are is huge. I work with so many people that I think also because of my own journey are attracted to me because they've been, because of my own journey, are attracted to me because they're on their own kind of like a burnout. I've been trying to keep up things. So that's huge for health, obviously. And then the other piece is human design also 
give some information for each of us about how we best take in food. So, you know, are you meant to eat a certain kind of food? Are you meant to eat um, in certain conditions, whether that's with certain sounds or at certain times of day? Um, does your brain need food more regularly or not? Some people's hunger levels vary a lot more than others. So there's a lot all there. You are a hot, well, you're what's called a hot thirst person. So there's, there's a few different dimensions to this. Um, the first one is your, your brain is, is going all the time. It's probably, like the simplest way to put it. And when you use your brain, you're also using calories, using fuel. And so eating relatively consistently and regularly is important. If you're like doing more, like in your business or whatever, you want to be eating more regularly, even though, and there's like, this is where it gets nuanced. So you can kind of layer together different pieces as a generator. If you're doing something and you're having so much fun, that can give you energy. And so you might feel like, Oh, I don't, I don't need to stop right now. Right. But then you just want to make sure to like fuel up later because you do need to replenish. The thirst part is staying hydrated is huge for you. You're the kind of body where you want, <laughs> you're holding up your water. Um, so the hot, the hot part is hot thirst people tend to run cooler. And so it's helpful to regulate your body temperature with warmer things. It doesn't mean you have to eat hot all the time, but the, 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 it tends to be that hot thirst people will do better with warmer things rather than like cold all the time. But that might change if you're in a certain environment that's hotter or colder than what you're used to, right? But there's there's six different types and they actually go by oldest to newest. So like the oldest type, what you eat really matters. And then as we evolve, so at a certain point, humans learn how to cook and, and refrigeration. And so your digestive type is kind of in that transition point when we were becoming a little more modernized and you're like, cool, let's use temperature to regulate. Right. And then you can go more modern. And there are some people that like sound and light and vibration really affects them. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like so interested. That's, <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. If I don't drink a lot of liquids mm -hmm. and, and I always love drinking hot liquids too, like I'll just literally drink hot water, hot lemon water, is my favorite. My mind is blown, y'all. I'm like, yep, that's me. And I, I have to eat small meals a day. I've tried intermittent fasting. Does not work for me. Like, yeah, yep. fasting's not great for an active brain because your your brain's like, I actually can't think right now. You know. <laughs> I just asked my partner. He'll tell you. Yeah, she is not consistently eating. Yeah, the brain function goes down. Mm -hmm. Angry goes up. It's yep. Mm -hmm. It's real. If you guys are hangry, you should get your human design charts read yeah. just to see. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and so many people ask about this too, because, you know, there's so much food information out there. And at the end of the day, I think most people know this, especially if you've been in like wellness for a while, it's like, oh, duh, we're all different and different things work for different people. Right. So I, I actually just put up, um, a video course on how to eat for your design. So if people don't want to do a full reading, um, maybe I can share a link and like a, a little discount gift code and people can check that out because there's so many layers to it. And usually if people ask me in a reading, it's like, I try to squeeze it in, but there's like a lot. And so I think it's like almost an hour and a half, this, this video that I made, but you can learn about all that. Cause not everyone's going to be a hot thirst. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Thank you for that. We'll link all that in the show notes. Cause that's really interesting. Yeah. And health yeah. coaching school, 
that's what we learned. I went to IAN Integrative Institute for Nutrition, and this takes it to a whole new level as well. well. Some some health coaches get really, maybe triggered is a strong word, but challenged by some of this information Mm. because like one of the types is, (laughs) it's called indirect light. And these are people who do better eating more when the sun is down. Right. And that like, that really like freaks some nutritionist minds out. Cause they're like, no, 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 you gotta like, don't eat too close to bed and blah, blah, blah. But there are some bodies that are more active after the sun goes down. These are like the most modern, this is like the, the newest digestive type. And so yeah, there's just different, you know, I'll, I'll leave it there. But oh, yeah. so there's some of these people, I have them as clients and they're like, I, if I have to eat like in the morning, I want to like not chew and like wear sunglasses. And they're like, I swear <laughs> to God, it helps me to digest better. No, we're yeah. all, we're not, we do not feel challenged by this. Like I love anything I'll say woo or energetics. Like that's, that's, you're welcome here. Wishy wellness <laughs> welcomes all of that for sure. Um, I wanted to ask, how can this help with relationships too? If you give oh some examples gosh. with that. Yeah. I mean, it's huge, right? I I think when we talk about relationships, whether that's a friendship, a business partnership, a romantic relationship, a lot of the conflicts I see between people, well, first of all, there's like the inner child, like wounding piece, right? Like you get in a conflict, and you're like, this isn't really what it's about. So there's like what we talked about before, like getting the map to our own wounds that can be helpful. But then there's this other piece of, I'm this way, right? Like I am me and I see the world through my lens. And sometimes we're like, okay, I get, you know, my partner, whoever's different, but couldn't they just change? Like, couldn't they see it my way? <laughs> and when you start to understand other people's designs, I I see over and over again, people developing more compassion, more understanding, more acceptance of the people in their lives, you know, especially with some of the stickier, not even stickier, but like just like deeper relationships, like parents and siblings and that kind of thing. And you're like, oh my God, I've known them my whole life. Like they're always like this, but why are they always like this? And then you're like, oh, cause you know, they're a manifester and like, they're not like me or whatever it is. So that's the high level piece. And then I think once you, you know, if you choose to go deeper in understanding somebody else's design, you also start to learn how, how can I support you better? Right. Like as a generator, for example, you well, as a generator, this is your chart, right? Okay. With an emotional authority, I know that you need time to actually kind of process what, what do you want to do? And it's not that you're indecisive. It's that how you feel about something is going to change over a certain period of time. So I can offer an option for you to react to. Like I can be like, Hey, how do you feel about going out to this new place for dinner next week? And then I can say, you can feel into it. I'll check back in in a couple of days or like, let me know. Right. But I also know that like, I'm not going to say, do you want to go out to dinner next week? Or do you want to go? Cause that's probably not going to feel that good. You're like, Oh gosh, I don't know. And then you have to think about it. And like, you don't want to think about it. You just want to be able to respond from your gut, you know? And it's so much easier if I give you options. Yeah. I think I'm going to make my partner listen to this episode. Literally that happened Friday night. So uh... oh, perfect. You know, what's funny is I make up these examples and I talk to people and so many times people are like, oh, that's literally what happened. I don't know where it yeah. comes from. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, actually almost a week ago, Wednesday night, it was like, well, where do you want to go to dinner? And all day I just couldn't, I just, I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think, I don't know. I was like, do you have any ideas on where you want to go? Like, yep. 
Because mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. I couldn't feel and into that's it. The, that's the generator. I love that. Because then you ask, you turn it back on the other person. You're like, please give me options. And right. And my, my former partner is an MG and he used to do this. He'd be like, it'd be like 2 PM. And he'd be like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not hungry. Right. But I realized after I learned human design, like, oh, he actually needs help thinking about options so that he can respond from his gut. So it's just funny. Those little, those little tweaks. Oh my gosh. Divine, divine timing intervention here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'd love to talk about human design and business because I can see the huge potential. I mean, you just, with just life force energy and that, Mm. that kind of thing of like not to burn yourself out. Interesting to see what you say about my chart as well. Cause I think I'm prone to burnout, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just like working against myself. I think, yeah. I mean, I think (laughs) given this society we live in, we're, we're all sort of prone to burnout in the sense that I think there's like always something more to do and, you know, okay. So prone, prone to burnout. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like we, there's this collective belief that like we need to be working hard all the time. And of course, that's, so for the generator specifically, how that gets set up is in an ideal state, you're, what does it look like? You're led by your gut. You're doing only the things you have the authentic energy for and everything else is a no. So burnout for the sacral. So if you're a generator and MG is, I mean, it can get to the point where you actually don't have energy, but more how it starts and more often than not, most of the time it's, I have the quote energy to do something like I can make myself wake up and I can make myself do the things, but it's like, it feels like a drag. It's just this like, ugh, like I don't want to be doing this. This is so painful. And maybe it takes like five times longer because I think of the sacral center, which is what makes you a generator and MG as like this inner fire that you have, right? So when you're doing the things you enjoy, you're putting logs on the fire. When you make yourself do things you don't want to do, you're not, you don't have any logs on the fire. So you're just like trying to eke some heat out of this like dying fire, you know? And, and, and that is, that's like burnout for, for a sacral being essentially. So there's that piece, but if you believe that you have to keep doing, that's where it happens. Um, am I answering the question? Oh, for sure. And I'm just, okay. I'm just giving myself an example, but, you know, I guess understanding how your energy works and how you could lead to burnout for your different, your different types is really beneficial, mm-hmm. but what are maybe some other ways in business you can utilize your human design to help you to grow? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, it sounds so simple. Like sometimes I feel like it all comes back to strategy and authority. And I'm sure people in the human design space have heard this over and over, but we can, we can kind of take, okay. So as a generator, for example, right, your strategy is to respond to things. You're an emotional authority. So in business, it's like, oh, if you get an offer to collaborate with someone, don't feel like you have to respond immediately. Right. And then you're paying attention to your gut underneath. Um, And so it's like, you know, it's like the same stuff, but you're applying it to different situations. So I don't know if there's any specific uh, business like situations or challenges that have come up for you recently that would like as an example to talk through. Hmm. For me, I I am thinking like I get podcast pitches and I Hmm. do read them right away and I will wait a few hours, if not the next day to feel it out. And I'm like giggling to myself because 
I'll like read the pitch. I'll read the bio. I'll look at their Instagram and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I still wait and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And every time I've ignored that and booked someone anyway, either they're a flake or I just feel like they don't vibe, you know, it just mm. doesn't, it doesn't feel right. So I, I'm affirming that that's definitely for me. Uh, I would say for me, I launched a new course this past year and mm-hmm. anxious to align, which is amazing. I think the biggest thing for me is that consistency after that of launching and keeping it going has been the issue okay yeah uh this one has come up with some of my like business business clients so there is a okay so this gets gets back to like okay you have sacral energy you're going to be excited about some things and some things are no right and this is really hard because in business there's so many shoulds just as there are in regular life right So sometimes, you know, you might make something and then you run it once, you run it twice, and maybe you don't, you're not excited about it anymore. And that is so hard for the mind to be like, maybe I'm not supposed to do it anymore. But I would argue that making yourself doing that, I mean, that's the same thing we were just talking about of like, oh, you don't have the energy to do it. Don't do it it's much harder when you would apply when you would apply it to a situation where you're like, Oh, but this was my, this is my thing. Right. Or like, but so-and-so said, I need to like now can become a passive income stream and I need to, you know, make it an evergreen offering. But it's like, if you, if the idea of turning into an evergreen offering is making you want to cry, then maybe it's actually, maybe your energy isn't behind it. So there's a piece of human design. It's like, the information's right there, right? And it sounds easy enough, but actually doing it, and this is like why we call living your human design an experiment, is oftentimes also really challenging. Cause like for you to be like, okay, well, I made that and now I'm just, it's done. I'm gonna put it on the shelf. And it doesn't mean it's done forever because maybe you'll have energy for it later. But in in the present moment, you or maybe you know you're going through your emotional wave and you're not feeling it for two weeks. And then in week three, you will, but, but for those two weeks, you're not feeling it. You let yourself say no. And that's the tricky part because most of the time, many of us are like still beating up or, you know, still guilting ourselves into like, Oh, but maybe I should, or like, you know, so yeah. (laughs) How does that? Oh yeah. The shuds, the shuds would kill us for sure. It's yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's kind of what I've been doing intuitively anyway. And just working more on podcasts on things that do light me up. Mm-hmm. So thank you for reaffirming. Cause I have a lot of other ideas that I'm excited about that I haven't created yet. And now I'm like, all right, this is my permission to give myself instead of pushing or yeah, pushing uphill. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple yet quite radical to give yourself complete freedom and permission to only do the things that are a yes, because it means also you're not doing things that maybe somebody told you was a good idea or that is safe. Right. But if your biggest asset is this like profound energy, right. And you know how like on you can be when you feel it, then anything else that doesn't have it is like not satisfying to, to go back to like a generator word, right? Like when you're doing the things you really enjoy, it's deeply satisfying. 
versus doing these things that are not. And it's like, oh, there's just that frustration, right? So that those can be good guideposts in your business as well of like, okay, if I did this, would I be satisfied with the outcome? Or, you know, do you, I mean, I think we all know like subtly if something is a, is we're pushing uphill, but making the change sometimes is scary. Oh, for sure. And I know we've kind of taught, we've mentioned different energy types and strategies probably should have started off with this, but could could we go over very briefly different energy types and strategies in human design, just for a brief overview of people aren't familiar with all these words thrown around. I know human design is its own (laughs) language. So, okay. So we've talked about generators and for manifesting generators, it's the same strategy because you both have a defined sacral. So it's to respond sometimes depending on the version of the chart you run, it'll say, wait to respond, which is important because it's like, you're not chasing after things, right? It's just your the way your energy works you'll magnetize what's meant for you and then you just get to like say yes or no manifestors so and generators and mgs make up about 70 percent of the population manifestors are less than 10 it's like eight to ten percent ish a little under and their strategy is to initiate and inform so there's two pieces to it and their purpose is really to to lead the way in something to like be the initiating spark so it's so important for them to really follow through on their conviction to do what they feel like, Oh, I just am so compelled by this thing. I have to do it. And the informing is letting people know they're going to do it because sometimes the manifester has had experiences where they come across quote too strong or they feel shut down. And so they're like, I'm just going to, you know, there's a tendency to want to just go do their own thing, going back to like the, the trauma that maybe has happened. But what informing does, and it's so important, is it lets people around the manifester who they want to like join in on that, right? That path that they're paving, it allows them to, to know what's happening. So that's for the manifester. And then we have projectors, and they're about 20% of the population, and they're their main gift and purpose is to really be able to see into things deeply, whether that's, well, all projectors can see people and into situations quite, quite well, but also sometimes there's like a system or a science or an art that they're like, Oh, I just kind of get it in a different way. And for that reason, they're really here to guide, but in order for their guidance to really have an impact their strategy is to wait for an invitation so that whoever they're offering this guidance to, it really lands. Cause we can't just, I'm a projector. um, We can't just be like spewing our advice everywhere and expect that everybody actually wants it. Right. And then the last type is reflectors. And these are the rarest type. They're about 1% of the population. Their design, their chart, all of the centers are white. And so they're able to really be these chameleons where like, you know, they can be with one group of people and fit in and then another group of people and like bring out this totally different part of themselves. And so their strategy is really wild and different before making any decision. I mean, you think as an emotional authority, you have to wait. Reflectors are here to wait a whole lunar cycle before they decide anything because they, they're, they're so ever changing that they can actually feel like different versions of themselves throughout this whole cycle. So they actually really need to take their time and just let themselves, you know, be all these different versions of themselves before committing. Yeah. That's so cool. I did not know that. Wow. Less than 1%. 
Have you worked with or about one percent? Or about yeah, one yeah. percent. Have you worked with any reflectors? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I mean, it's funny because while they're one percent of the population, I I I see more than one percent of my practice be reflectors. I think because they're like, oh my god, human design explains my life, right? Um, and they're also different as as you can imagine, right? Because they often, I mean, as the name of their type implies, they're really reflecting on, they're really reflecting what's going on around them. If you hang out with a reflector, often they'll reflect back your own qualities. Like you'll be like, oh my gosh, I love this reflector so much. She's so blah, blah, blah. And like, usually it's, it's also things that you want to love about yourself too. What else can I say there? I've also had a lot of reflectors, not a lot, but I've had a good amount of reflectors come through my human design certification program. And when I, when I listen to the practice readings that they'll submit to me, the commonality is they're like an, un, they're like the best hype person for the person they're reading for it. And not in a cheesy way. Cause like, you know, if you're like too much of a hype person, it can be like a little too much. Right. But I, I don't, it's a little hard to describe, but it's like every reflector reading I've listened to somehow they can see the other person like the person that they're reading for it and like they feel into it and they're just like saying like this is how great you are and it feels it's like really special yeah I love that that's so sweet um so we you mentioned getting your chart read you also do you have certification if you want to become your own human design coach I guess you'd be a coach right yeah. Yeah. The, you know, all these terms are used interchangeably yes. like reader. Um, I, sometimes I'll just say practitioner. <laughs> I, I designed my program initially as a projector. I was, um, there were people around me in my circle who were like, can you, who were coaches specifically, who were like, can you teach me like some of these basics? And so that that's how it started. And that's why the coaching piece is what I have focused on because there's a lot of different places you can go to learn how to just you know, read like the technical pieces and and speak to the information. But what's so interesting to me, and we didn't talk about this, but when I was working in tech too, I managed teams. So what's always been really interesting to, to me as a projector and then also in my incarnation class is like seeing what people have, like what talents and potential people have around me. Like I really like to like groom and mentor and that kind of thing. And so with with my program, the human design coaching certification. Yeah. We get into like how to read a chart and all of that, but it's like the interesting part to me is like, okay. And then what do we do with it? How do we see those blocks that you might have or those patterns that you want to heal and allow you to expand. Right. So I don't even remember the question now, but yes. <laughs> I don't either. To be honest, I don't either. That's when, you know, it's a good podcast. Yeah. Just we're going with the flow. Um, Awesome. Well, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we kind of start to close the show down today? Mm. Anything popping up for you? Well, I'm curious what, I'm curious what, because I know, you know, you knew a little bit about your design before we chatted. Mm -hmm. If there's anything around your experience of being an emotional authority, a generator, anything else I've said, maybe right now where it's allowed you to see yourself in a different light. I always knew like intuitively or emotionally, I have to like tune into that and have time to sit on it. But it took me a while, you know, growing up, I thought that wasn't 
necessarily looked down upon, but it wasn't encouraged, right? You know, more logical, yes or no. I get a lot of people see the world black and white and Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I see it more gray in an emotional intuitive sense. Like I don't think there is a right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I think over time growing up, knowing that about myself, especially reaffirming it through this, um, definitely it's kind of solidified everything. And we said off air, like, I'm interested to learn more, but like my, would you say the, the, my heart, ego and throat Mm -hmm. are all open Mm-hmm. Not open, mm-hmm. undefined. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. I'm well, learning. Yes. Yes. No, you got it. You got it right. They're open because there's no, they're white and there's no gates. So it's like, you don't, you can feel the energy around you and gates sometimes will filter how you feel it, but you have no gates. So it's like you're a blank canvas and how you, how you receive and feel that, that energy. And I think the more that I step into my authentic self, like what we just talked about for me personally, I've always wanted to have a really pretty voice, like singing voice. And I grew up, my best friend was, she's like, she could have been a professional singer. And I just would never be able to speak my voice because I was always Mm. afraid, like singing, you know, everybody else around me is so good. And as I stepped more into my power and honing in on things we just talked about today, especially when I'm at home or even around my partner, people that I'm comfortable with, that I really love, I can sing until the cows come home and it's like the most beautiful experience to let it comes from my heart space that you know it's like channeling this these feelings so it's just a reaffirming and now it's kind of like these connections are connecting what based on what we learned here today that I I'm definitely going to get like more into this and more into the reading as well because I can already see the potential of little things I've intuitively done in my life but how this could, this ripple effect, even just what we shortly said on the business thing today, I'm like, I'm sold y'all. I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you mentioned the channeling piece of that, the open throat, because I, and this is like anecdotal. I mean, I haven't, I'm not like scientifically tracking this, but I know several, either they're like intuitive psychic medium types and they can, and they have open throats and they're channeling a lot of different entities or musicians like I just in the last couple of weeks met like a he's like a native flute player and he was telling me that he'll and he didn't but he didn't become a musician until I don't know like late 20s early 30s and he was saying he got through his dreams visions of like create like actually making his own flutes and playing so he's not like I don't know classically trained if that's the right term but and when he plays he'll just get up and he'll just kind of he'll just channel, right? And he's had different indigenous elders tell him like, or ask him like, how how did you learn that? Because those are the songs of, like of our people. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I was just making it up, you know? So, so that's the power of a, I mean, you know, we can all channel, we're all sensitive, et cetera. But that's like, there's this, there's something special about the undefined or slash open throat. All right. I'm going to dive into that. I yeah. know. I've always seen so the singing, you the know, singing, yeah, and the channeling too. I've been really, I mean, when I first got into all this stuff years ago, I was like, oh my God, like if that would happen to when I first started listening to Abraham like 10, 15 years ago, I would, I read the books, love them. I turned on like an audio CD recording of the book because that's when we still had CDs. Um, and I freaked out. It was a really old Abraham. And I feel like over time they sound less robotic or less mm. alien, if you will but it really scared me. 
like mm. hearing that and now it's kind of interesting tuning into that more but I'm super interested in like now if I'm like in a meditation I'm like come through me anything yeah. you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well you know not to get too woo but yeah the singing thing does make sense and that's one of my like not goals but things like to put I push myself I call it my risk list to kind of like you know not get outside my comfort zone is to take singing lessons and sing more this next year so mm. that is perfect beautiful yeah well, you, you set the intention here on the podcast I did I <laughs> everybody heard me um but thank you so much Victoria for coming on the show it was so awesome learning about human design and selfishly learning more about myself so thank you for sharing that with us today and we close out every single show in the same way. How may we, the listeners, as an act of gratitude, be of service for you in return today, Victoria? Mm, thank you for the question. That's such a, such a beautiful one. So I really see one of the huge, like, why did human design come down now? Why is it getting so popular now? And I know, you know, you've got some woo listeners, right? So it's like, we all know about like age of Aquarius within human design. There's um, a similar, similar belief set in that we're, we're switching from one age to another in 2027. And I say this as context, because I really think we're shifting into this time of, we need to rely and tune into our own intuition more and more to know how to proceed in a world that's increasingly polarized. And, you know, who do we listen to? Who's right? Like all of that. And you know, that's not really what I like to spend my time talking about, but what it does lead back to is how do we trust ourselves, right? And so whether that's human design or something else, I think my ask is for each person to consider like, what is, and there's, I'm not, don't, please don't force yourself to have an answer to this immediately, but, but just even allowing yourself and practicing sitting with the question of what is my truth? And, and, you know, whatever like feeling or, color or frequency emerges like just even the slight the slightest like degree more um that you can integrate that into your life that would I think that'll change the planet oh for sure and it, it doesn't have like it doesn't have to be huge like you said little shifts that truly ripple energetically but just you know when you change something in your life people around you notice and you know they want they want what you're having so be the inspiration. My motto is if you want to change the world, change yourself first, tune into your truth. And that's really what it is. Tune into your truth. So thank you so much, Victoria, for coming on. I had a wonderful time chatting human design today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.